Welcome again to Forward Talks by Gumbuk, a podcast about moving towards sustainability in our region and beyond. I'm Tatiana Antonelli. It's been a little while and we hope you're all keeping safe. On today's episode, we're talking to Rasmus Astrop, a partner at SLA Architects, the company behind the Alfei Park in Abu Dhabi, which is now open to the public. Alfei Park is the first urban park in the UAE, spanning 27,000 square meters with a focus on biodiversity, with over 2,000 local flora and various social activities. So I dialed in to chat with Rasmus about the design behind the park, as well as to talk about SLA Architects, a multidisciplinary design firm with experts in urban design, as well as biologists, sociologists, and anthropologists to better understand the cities they work in and its complexities. So the first thing we always do when we work in a new climatic environment is that we study the, the, the plants, the habitats, the, bio, the, the, the biotopes. And we couldn't find any really good literature, especially not in English. Unfortunately, we, we could not um, read the Arabic books. So we spent a full year mapping all the local species in UAE. And then we wrote a book for ourselves. Uh, it's super nerd. There's around 700 species that you can uh, map as locals. We we wrote uh, that we studied the root systems, the need of uh, irrigation, the habitat they belong to. Uh, I'm sure this book can actually be a, an amazing source of information for everyone else. So maybe um, we will add a link. It's not published yet. We are, we are trying to get it. I mean, in the beginning, what people did when we brought that book to all the meetings, the first thing was they tried to steal it, literally just take it out of my hands because... <laughs> I would do the same. <laughs> Our plan is to make it into something bigger because it's not just about those species. And I'm not trying to, to be too offensive here, but there is this, and it's actually not specifically for UAE. It's the thing that you, if you want to express progress, and success, you need to build, build tall buildings, uh, big buildings, big infrastructure, massive infrastructure. You can see it all over U.S., for instance. But where is the culture in that? Where we have a book, we, we, we made a book called Why We Love Trees, which explains all the, uh, not the amenity values, but the hardcore facts why you should plant a tree. It can uh, reduce crime. It can uh, reduce air pollution. It can break the wind. It can do so many things. It can increase property value. The interesting thing about that plant book is that that is also something else than nature. It's culture. I think there is a rich link between every nation's culture and every nation's nature. So what we want to do with this book is to say, you need to celebrate your own nature and thereby culture. And this is the, the thing we want to create, both with the book and now this park that is that is also there. So tell us more about the park. Uh, how did this start and how did you win the, the project uh, as being a firm from Denmark? What was the, the winning aspect of your project? So this project is, uh, it, it actually had a working title as uh, Alreem Forest the coolest place in town and it was both because i wanted it to be you know cool as in temperature and cool as in in hipster vibe but um 
it is part of a big uh, uh, thing in UAE called the Gadan uh, 21, which is the 50 years anniversary of, uh, of the celebration of, of UAE. And because of that uh, event, uh, there was a lot of positive things happening in, in Abu Dhabi uh, in terms of cityscape. So our park is one of those many initiatives made in, in Abu Dhabi. And we were lucky to be awarded this project, I think also because of this book I mentioned before, because there was an awareness from our side about the local nature. And then, and we were also working together with uh, Parsons, a very big firm. So, so we we were leading the design, and, and but of course we couldn't have done it without our local collaboration with with Parsons. From what I've seen from the pictures and videos, you've actually worked a lot on the different trees, the different species, um, the different heights. So you have very tall trees, and then you have medium size and then very important all the the shrubs and the flowers so it does look like a forest and it's it's i think aligned to what the united nations is trying to push forward with urban forest to as cool down and increase the well-being of citizens and maybe this could be an idea also to replicate not only in a uh, you know piece of land but why why not doing this on top of the malls um, I mean, uh, worldwide, we can see now very big malls being completely um, surrounded by greenery and having green roofs with parks and attraction and, and, and with big trees as well. I see an appetite. There are some technical things about planting trees on top of buildings in UAE that is more complicated compared to in, in Denmark or, or other uh, colder climates. It's less sustainable to do plantings on top of buildings. We, we we can, but we need to figure out a way to do that, but it can't be. And yes, we are dealing with malls all over the world now because it brings comfort to you. So you can actually link it to it. So if I can make a forest feeling for you when you leave your car and go into the mall, there's actually a bigger chance for you to buy a bag in there than if you start opening your door in a heated uh, asphalt parking lot, you feel uncomfortable, you're sweating a little bit, and then you go in. So we actually, we see a link now between a commercial interest and a, and a more sustainable approach. But I would like to go back to your first question about a forest. The closest thing you can get to a forest in UAE is, is uh, those monoculture plantings of gaff trees you see. And it's amazing, but it's very different from a forest in in, uh, in 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 the Nordic countries. So first of all, when we started to think about this urban forest, we said, okay, maybe it's not a forest or a planting that consists of of uh, sixty species. It's maybe five different trees, and then we mix them. Uh, secondly, we have to understand that I said before there is a culture element in this as well. So obviously, if you really want to do a sustainable park, you should only plant monoculture of gaff trees. But palm trees is also important because they also play a significant role in the history of UAE. So what we said, let's have a few palm trees 
and use the topography on the side. So the palm tree is actually planting in the lower ground because, you know, there is still some water uh, uh, appearing on the surface. And then on the higher ones, that is the most dry ones, is where there's garb trees. And there's a majority of, of garb trees. So that was the first step to say, let's plant as many natural species as possible. And then also another thing that I think is interesting for this project is that you see open sand. There's actually surfaces in this park where there's no shrubs. This is the first park that I have seen in UAE where there's no lawns. True. You know, the park is, is a activity spine that is made with concrete. But then on the surrounding, there's what we call a forest track, where you're actually walking between sand and, and gaff trees and no, normal uh, local species. And there's only stepping stones. And the kids, they just sort of run around there. And how amazing is that, that now instead of only going to a mall, kids are running around in the feeling of nature in the middle of the city. It's the real nature. And I think what's missing here in, in the UAE is that connection with, with the real nature. And a park like this one is very important also from an educational point of view for people to understand that, yes, there is nature. It's just different. It looks different. It feels different. And alone and grass don't mean nature. Nature is an ecosystem. It's different trees that have a role. And, and the beauty is when people understand the role of each tree, how they hold the sand, how they avoid desertification, how they uh, enrich the soil with the nutrients and how farmers can benefit and how these trees attract birds and bees and how we can start making honey like we used to do, or not we, but how Bedouins used to do for hundreds of years in the desert. And it's a way of going back, but to move forward somehow. You know, we need our past and, and our heritage and the culture. I, I completely agree. And, 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 and you mentioned the birds. You can hear the city, but you can also hear so many birds. So, so that fact that, and, and, and yes, there is also uh, uh, starting, we're starting to see a few bees and butterflies, but it's not a lot there coming there. We need to celebrate the nature, as, as you mentioned, the local nature, and also change the perspective that maybe, of course, it's a, an attraction for a developer to sell a, a building lot next to Burj Khalifa. It's a very beautiful building. I appreciate it. It's, it's very vibrant to be there. But we should also start to see developers that say, hey, I want to sell the properties next to this park, you know, to Alfay Park, because then all the, the people that live in the buildings can actually go and have a nice uh, nature feeling. So there's other assets, other amenities that need to be brought to the city and thereby creating this balance because this park is bringing amenities, but it's also bringing Abu Dhabi into a level of contributing to the crisis of biodiversity. So talking about cities, I mean, we've been talking about Dubai and Abu Dhabi, uh, you know, expanding and, and building a lot and now trying you know, to build these new parks um, to promote biodiversity. But which cities do you think are the best example of, of sustainable architecture? Or would you have some examples? Yes, if you look at cities uh, around uh, the world, there are, there are many things that could inspire people. I think that Paris, for instance, is quite interesting. 
they have a biodiversity plan. They even have a biodiversity mayor, uh, Penelope Committee, so that I uh, that I uh, I have ha- had a lot of meetings with her, and it's super inspiring. We did some lectures together, and she is in, she's a mayor, deputy mayor for biodiversity in Toronto, where we work. They have a very big biodiversity plan. In, in so I think there's many cities, but I think basically all the cities need to collaborate. We have learned so much from each other. I mean, from infrastructure, you know, every city knows how to do the best uh, traffic uh, junction, uh, the best asphalt for for cars and all that. But we should see another level now where people uh, that is in governments, people that are stakeholders, important decision making cities should collaborate to be the best in biodiversity planning, to be the best in city needs, to be the best in bicycle planning, walkability. It's that's the cool thing about working abroad because I also learn a lot from Abu Dhabi. I, now I found you. I was lucky to to learn about all the initiatives you are doing. So it's not just city related. I think it's also about finding a global network based on values. That that's really how we can change things. I love that. That's a community uh, working together, and this is why I'm very happy to have you today on our. Uh, forward talks podcast because I'm learning from you and um, especially on on architecture and and this nature infrastructure is is really important. I think here in the UAE we're very lucky because somehow change happens very quickly and even if yes you know 10 years ago a lot of things would not work in terms of sustainability we find ourselves now with uh, we are the second place in the world for um, EV charging stations per capita. <laughs> we, are, um, we have put in place you know, frameworks and guidelines on how to build in the desert because these are completely different on how to build maybe in Toronto, in Canada or in Europe. We have um, huge sustainability plans and visions in Abu Dhabi, in Dubai, reduction of waste. Things are really going fast. I think from a biking point of view also, we have some of the most impressive uh, cycling tracks uh, in the UAE, in the desert. Um, so what would you suggest, uh, what do you think the UAE should do next to lead by example? If there's one thing that I cannot get people in UAE to do is to bicycle. And I know what you say, we have all these bicycling, but that's not what I mean about bicycling. It has nothing to do with what I mean with about micromobility. I don't own a car. So I am I am a, a partner for a firm of 130 employees. I bicycle to work every day because that's the fastest, most efficient and smartest way to go to work. I could never dream of sitting in my car. And that's actually something that is missing. And that people always say, no, it's too warm. Yeah, but I think we can at least bicycle. I mean, I also bicycle in the winter and in the rain, in snow and rain. But you could at least bicycle maybe seven, eight months a year. And and I think that is it. I'm seeing it. But I think that could be the next step. You know, in Denmark, we are saving $1 per kilometer made on bicycle because of health benefits. $1. So there's a health issue that I think you should implement in UAE, and it's globally. It's also a learning from the pandemic. We need healthy cities, and healthy cities is defined by healthy people that live there. And and one of the things is to to make them active. When you talk about you know being able to bicycle and 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 cycle everywhere, 
what is it missing? Because as you said, okay, maybe um, I need to take the children to school. The way now uh, Dubai and Abu Dhabi are developing, usually we do have schools in the neighborhood. So this could be a solution. Uh, but in terms of urban planning at the moment, the areas where we go to work are very far. Uh, the areas where we shop are very far. So maybe this would imply a, a whole restructuring or looking again at, at the urban development to have to be able to mm. work nearby or connect maybe more to public transport. Let's look at the metro. No, but I think you said you, 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 the, the key word, what you said there was the answer. Uh, the, one of the words you used was the answer, which is connect. I was recently asked for a very interesting project in, in Dubai, very big, very big site. And, um, and that had to be the most amazing one. We had to find an identity for that. And, uh, and yes, it was so big, there would be a school within it and there would be a, a little mall and all that. But it was still an entity that was trying to compete with the other entities. But that's not how cities work. If you, if you look around the world, you can see one of the most amazing initiatives that is happening right now is the 15 minutes neighborhood. It's, it started in Vancouver. Uh, and now it's spread all over the world. Paris are really driving the 15 minutes neighborhoods. Thinking beyond that side boundary of each and every development, thinking about sharing connectivity to cross all of, of those boundaries with a new network, bicycle lanes. You asked fast tracks for walking, public transport. It would be the schools, but it, it would be a new hierarchy. It's very complicated to uh, implement because... You have so many roads. I remember the first time I was in Dubai, I just looked at Google Maps uh, from my hotel and I was like, I'm going to do a walk. And then I found out there's like half of the roads that was there, I, I couldn't cross them on feet. It was literally impossible. So of course, how do we deal with that? Well, I think you, you really need to introduce a new hierarchy so you can actually bicycle with your daughter or son or both of them to school and, and, and then maybe if you have to work, then it should be the smartest way. So your bicycle after the school is parked directly at this bus station or the metro, and then you can go to work. But you need to think about all these things. What do you think has been the impact of the pandemic? Because at the end of the day, we, we are now able and somehow allowed to work from home. It doesn't look bad anymore. <laughs> We can also see that the micromobility is definitely smarter. I can see around my area people going to, um, for example, Internet City or Media City with an electric scooter, things that would have been unimaginable just a few years ago. So things are happening, and maybe the role of technology is, is fundamental here. Are we going to build less because it's not needed anymore? I mean, we saw so many offices empty right now. I think it, it's going to change in the way that, uh, yes, micro-mobility is, is important because people are using their local outdoor spaces in a new way. What we, so, so that near uh, urban realm is uh, suddenly becoming much more vital for your daily life. I think uh, the pandemic also shows us that the urban realm 
represents not only a place where we exercise, where we where we walk out to have fresh air, but it's also a social place. The transition from a gray city made for cars and 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 buildings is definitely even more challenged after this pandemic. And that's good, you know, that's good for all of us. So basically what you're saying is we need challenges because then we're going to find solutions. <laughs> no, I think I think it's in our DNA in our firm to uh, to transform uh, any challenge into a possibility. And 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 that's a good way to 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 live, right? And 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 yes, this challenge brought a lot of horrible things but it also brought a uh, focus the thing that we discovered now we are talking about uh, the pandemic but but the urban realm the walk and talk all the things that the company introduced i mean why why did why did people introduce like apple uh, and google these big parks that's because they want the, the employees to walk around in the parks and talk because then creativity happens innovation happens And it doesn't happen in teams. It actually happens when you are together. And most importantly, if you are outside, you can really drive innovation to a higher level. You'll find a location link in our show notes if you'd like to check out the park. I'm definitely hoping to go to Abu Dhabi soon and check it out. Thank you for listening to Forward Talks by Groombook. I'm Tatiana Antonelli, and this episode was produced by Shirak Desai. You can find our previous episodes in podcast players or at goombook.com slash podcast. And you can connect with us on Instagram at goombook. That's G-O-U-M-B-O-O-K. Thank you and see you soon. Mm-hmm.